We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And that was the best weekend of Lakers basketball in a very long time. On Friday night, the Lakers beat the Milwaukee Bucks in what... Mike Breen described as an early regular season classic. It was a great game. And the Lakers stars were just sensational. 87 points combined, 26 assists with zero turnovers between the three of them. I don't think I've ever seen that before. And then on Sunday, the Lakers outclass a Bradley Beal list, at least for the vast majority of the game, Washington Wizards team behind 55 points and 17 rebounds from Anthony Davis. D, this was a serious weekend of basketball, man. Talk to me about what you saw. Well, Friday was serious. That's for sure. <laughs> right? Like, Fair enough. Yes. Sunday offered some a serious beatdown for three quarters and then an unserious stretch. And LeBron commented on that post game. And I think I'll let Mike cover that part because Mike is very fond of reminding us all, which I think is super important, of the nature of an NBA game and the ebbs and flows that Mm -hmm. come from a team that is thrashing another team only to have that team come back and show some life. Um, But I'd love to start out with the Bucks game and just there, there's a thing that happens in, in the NBA guys where um, one team is supposedly clearly better than the other team. And regardless of what the stars of each team might say one team is just better. And coming into this game between the Lakers and the Bucks, Mike, it was the 15 and five Milwaukee Bucks who were second in the Eastern Conference. Um, they got Chris Middleton back. And we had speculated before the game about what a Middleton return might look like and the potential to disrupt versus the potential to enhance. And I think we all sort of landed on the Bucks being experienced enough and Middleton being a good enough player that he was likely to enhance the Bucks rather than detract from from them. And that's exactly what the Bucks got. Middleton shot the ball well. Drew Holiday was on one. Giannis was on one. And Milwaukee played a high-level, focused basketball game. 
and the Los Angeles Lakers who started the season <laughs> 2 and 12 and have been a basically the joke of the league if you listen to analysis around the league for much of the season went in there and outplayed the Milwaukee Bucks on their home court behind a stellar performance from Anthony Davis and sublime performances really from both LeBron James and Russell Westbrook in what LeBron described Mike as the best performance those three have played in a single game together their entire tenure together so let's start in Milwaukee Mike even though now you're in Washington and talk to me what you saw on the floor up close because you were texting us like hey man if you've never seen Giannis in person you got to see this this dude in person Mm -hmm. and because that dude's a monster their front court's a monstrous front court, and the Lakers took it to them, points in the paint and everything. So talk to me about what you saw up close and personal when the Lakers took out Milwaukee. Well, the context for that was really geared more towards AD. And, of course, it stands alone. I think that if anybody gets a chance to watch Giannis, uh, they should, like any other uh, generational type of an NBA player. But AD wasn't bothered that much uh, by Giannis uh, in this context, and neither was he bothered that much by Brooke Lopez. Neither was he bothered by Drew Holiday, uh, a guard who occasionally would find himself over a uh, matched up with him. And this was the league's number one defense that night. I think they ended up moving to number two uh, based on the Lakers scoring 133 points on 54% from the field. And I think the, the bigger picture part of this was that everybody else came along for the ride, feeling the confidence that AD was playing with. And that came in the form of knocking down at least some perimeter shots. They didn't take a ton. Lakers took 26 threes, but they hit 11 of them. And Lonnie Walker um, had a massive quarter in which he hit a couple of threes. LeBron hit two super clutch threes once Milwaukee started to give their what would usually be death blows when they were just scoring seemingly on every shot that they were taking. Giannis was 16 for 23. Middleton was 6 for 11. Holiday was 11 for 20. Portis was 7 for 13. Like They shot 53% from the field. Um, and they made 17 threes. And the fact that the Lakers just kept coming and there was no deterrence. And and then I think the stat that's been going around, I first noticed it when Pete texted it to me, LeBron and Westbrook, 22 assists to zero turnovers, and the Lakers having four as a team. You know, it was very, uh, it was just very impressive. It, it was the kind of road win that I don't think you could have envisioned had we had this conversation two weeks ago. Um, based on how the Lakers were playing and where things were. Then they backed it up with, especially AD backing it up with what he did in Washington. But let's save that for a little bit further, um, Pete, and kind of get your thoughts on that Milwaukee game. Matt, just a a classic game. I mean, it was such high-level basketball. And again, this is relative to December, right? It's a December game. But like you guys said, Milwaukee, they threw some haymakers in that. It was also, you know, there were certain plays, for example, Giannis had a chase down on LeBron. And then Brooke Lopez had a block of a an Anthony Davis dunk in transition that turned into a Giannis dunk the other way. And just like the crowd's rocking. And it's just one of those like, man, we haven't been in this type of basketball game in a long time. Like we focus so much on championships and the end result. And we've been blessed as Laker fans from that front. But really one of the great experiences of being an NBA fan are nights like that, where your team is in a game like that and they come out on top, you know, where both teams are just 
throwing haymakers. And so the thing that stood out to me, Mike, we can get into the details and AD and LeBron and just the pick and roll stuff that we're doing and the zone stuff that we're doing. Um, we can get to all that in uh, in a bit. But my overriding point of view on this D was on that Milwaukee game was like, if you can play like you can either play that level of basketball or you can't like last year's team couldn't play that they may hit a bunch of threes, right? They may, but they could never reach that level of basketball. And so just seeing this Lakers team do that in a legit game against a legit team that was playing well was like, oh, I hope everybody sets that as a bar, as a standard in terms of we can do that. And if they do, we're in for a fun season. Well, in terms of the we can do that, I want to shift my attention to Russell Westbrook because I knew LeBron could do that. I knew Anthony Davis could do that. You know why? Because we watched them do that in route to a championship in 2019-20, where they took on all comers and played to a level that was kind of unreal on a lot of nights Mm -hmm. and, and were just able to match whatever performance any other team stars put up against them. The thing I did not expect, Mike, was... For Russell Westbrook to play one of the more flawless games of basketball, at least as a passer, that I think I've seen from him maybe in (laughs) two seasons, three seasons, four seasons. I can't remember the last time I'd have to look this up, but I can't remember the last time Russell Westbrook would have had an 11 assist, zero turnover game while shooting the basketball as efficiently as, as he did, Mike. He looked every bit the player of the stature that he's carried throughout his career without the subcontext of like what his warts are, right? And so what I mean by that is there are certain players who have reached a certain level, guys who have won an MVP or guys who have played in the NBA finals and who have had the sort of illustrious career from a from an accolade standpoint that Russell West, Westbrook has. And um, one one of the things that players who can be that great have in common is that they can meet a moment in a way where it's just like, oh, like, look how good you are. And as Lakers fans, we've seen plenty of players reach and touch those those moments over the course of their careers. I was not sure. And in fact, I was doubtful that Russ could sort of hit that level again in a game where it looked like things were where he absolutely needed to hit it because the standard of the game was so high right and that so I think we've all sort sort of had our back and forwards in terms of like okay well is Russ part of the solution is he part part of the problem I think that over the course of his time with the Lakers he looked like more of the latter than than the former but against the Bucks. I thought his play just deserves sort of its own sidebar here because he was so good and they do not win that game without him. And the level that he was able to reach in terms of a passer and a setup guy and just getting everyone the ball in positions to score, he was crucial. And so I just wanted to kick that to both of you guys. Like Russell Westbrook, man, like he had himself a night against the Bucks. Yeah, so you just summarized that well enough that I, I'm going to try to tie it into AD a little bit and I think you can tie LeBron into AD a little bit because when LeBron was out AD had no choice in, the, in terms of what the team needed but to to really emerge and take that 
next step, give me the ball, I'm going to score a lot, still doing what he had been doing on defense. I think he's been basically defensive player of the year caliber um, since the first game. Um, he's He's been really strong at that end. But as he's gotten in a better rhythm now, and Russ is coming off the bench, Russ is watching AD really get after it early. And then he's coming in and specifically trying to get in the basketball and specifically trying to run certain types of actions uh, when he has the ball in his hands to pay things off for AD. And then I think LeBron is starting to do that more also. And in, in especially in the screen roll stuff that I'll leave for you guys to break down further, but like they're, they're doing it closer to the basket. And it seems like it's just giving teams fits mm-hmm. because of, and I'll, Pete, I'll let you speak to that. But so that's to me is the, is I think everything has to be in the context. And Darvin Hammond said the same thing too, of Anthony Davis and healthy Anthony Davis like this with Russ and LeBron still able to excel in, in different ways. But you know, how do, how do what, how does what they do impact the guy um, that is just, there's no answer for from the defense. It's, I mean, to me, it's that they're great at that part of the job and Anthony Davis is great at the other part, particularly in the pick and roll game, right? So AD, that's the reason you play him at the five. That's the reason that you have spacing around is to have the roll lanes. If you have a non-shooting five on the floor, these these driving lanes just aren't there. You, and so having that in the first place is is really important. And if if you're one of the people who covered the team uh, in in whatever way and listened to the pod and you want to know uh, uh, what the story of this turnaround is just from an on-court standpoint, in my opinion, it is the pick and roll variations and how they've learned how to leverage their big man with their guards. And with respect to Russ in particular, Russ is an elite passer. It's something that I feel like since his turnovers are so loud, they're either loud or careless, right? The very nature of how he plays is so fast and accelerated that it will work three, four times, but the time that it doesn't work, it's like, oh, what the hell was that turnover, right? It's like, well, you liked it the three times we got a dunk out of it, right? And that was the time where a defender did get his hand up in time, right? And it, and so him being a high turnover player is going to be part of the deal, but he can place passes in play. Like he understands the angle of the defender's body when they're trying to deny position. And there's so many things about, we'll get into this over the coming weeks, but there's so many things about how this team can be that kind of breaks some um, norms of how the NBA is played, of which that, hey, we're just going to run our ball screens at the free throw line like we're the 97 Utah Jazz, and that's going to be really difficult to guard. Uh, like There are some some elements of that of which Russ plays into that, that him being so physical and powerful, but also having such incredible touch on his passes. And then the players on the other side of that, all three of our bigs have great hands, of which... Anthony Davis is at the middle of that. So you've got like Joe Montana to Jerry Rice. You know, you've got that type of connection going on and you've got a couple of guys that can do that. And then your tertiary guys are your Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walkers and guys like that. Dennis Schroeder, who can totally get you a bucket with AD as well. I've actually really liked the Dennis AD combo the last couple of games. So anyway, to answer your question, D, there's that. And then on the defensive end, a level of physicality. Like there are so many times where we're right on the border of just being too small as a five-man unit. And Russ, when he's on the court, when he's playing, when he's defending well, he's providing a certain level of ruggedness, of strength, of I can get this defensive rebound that I think is super helpful. So it's not just AD back there trying to win, having to win every battle. Yeah, but AD sure is winning a hell of a lot of battles. 
isn't he? Man. Yeah, on that top la- of that, exactly. Yeah, like that last rebound that he got, Mike, where um, Drew Holiday was in the open court and they had a chance to tie the ball with with a three-pointer and Austin was sort of on his heels a little bit and and Stu and uh, the Lakers broadcast is, is sort of said, you got a foul, you got a foul, like because you don't want to give up an open three in order to let them tie the game. And Austin couldn't get there because he's on his heels a little bit and Drew lets it fire. And he misses. And Giannis is right in position to grab mm-hmm. an offensive rebound. He's literally right there. And he is yep. gathering and he jumps to go up. And AD is sort of out of the frame a little bit. And he he watches the shot go up. And he's around the free throw line, maybe 18 feet right in between the free throw line and, and at the top, top of the key. And he's watching the ball. And then he tracks it. And he steps forward. And he steps forward again. And then he goes into his one-two <laughs> elevate, yeah. and suddenly he's not at the top of the square. He's like at the top of the backboard, seemingly. Like he is so high up, and he's dwarfing Giannis, who also jumped. Giannis isn't flat-footed here, trying to grab a rebound because some guy is holding him down, and there's and and they're in the middle of this mosh pit with Giannis trying to defend guys off. No, he stepped into a rebound, Mike to go and elevate to to get it and here comes ad swooping in like a freaking pterodactyl and snaring the ball and it's just like no ball game that's it and then he's going to the foul line and it's just like game over game over and it's that level that he's reaching that is incredible to me from an athletic standpoint as well he might be the only human that could have actually gotten that ball if you think about the combination of the height and the athleticism and, and the reading it. And, you know, we could, we could probably come up with a couple of other NBA players that would have a chance at it. Uh, but he is right up at the top of that list. And like, if he were in position and Giannis had a head of steam and was coming the other direction, like that's, that's one thing, but AD has got a little bit of size on him. Anyway, I was at my mom's house today because um, she now lives in Maryland and I was going through some of my old toys and I don't know if oh, you guys the recognize old He-Man this. toys. He-Man so, was the one, oh, that's, that's a crazy so, flashback. Look, and then this dude, you know, you got the, <laughs> now this is great radio, yep. but I'm showing this for Darius and Pete. And then you punch the chest and the things. Were yeah. Just, and it so changed the damage. Yep. Yep. He-Man was born in 1981, just like your boy. That's right. And AD <laughs> truly like this weekend. I mean, I, I have, I happen to have him cause I took it out of my bag and bring him home for rigs. Um, and I took it out of the bag and it's just right next to me right here. And AD, uh, to, to give you guys a reference older than Darius's reference, um, is on some He-Man stuff right now. Oh, After by the, the universe, power of Grayskill. Grayskill, yes, sir. <laughs> what a game. And so let's go to break here because I want to talk a little bit more about AD as he is just on one, dominated the Wizards. And, and so I want to get your thoughts on that and then where the Lakers go from here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, it's funny because we were talking about AD and, and all this stuff and, and just describing the last play against the Milwaukee game. And then he scored 55, Pete. Yeah, that was the, the other Wizards. thing he did this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, so he he probably shouldn't have needed to score 55, uh, you know, but so as, as we were on our text thread, like it's the whole, well, teams let down and then they let down a little too much, but it did allow us to, to have Anthony Davis just – for anybody that that had you know that wasn't yet at this level, the fans in DC are right up there with the best in the league in terms of mm-hmm. the most Laker fans that come. You can understand why, right? It's a transient community. Um, people move in from all over the place. There's there's a, a lot of families that um, at some point come up here from the south or from from different areas. Atlanta's in the same school of that. Uh, Detroit certainly has a presence in a, in a different way in the Midwest, but. It was it was like a an Anthony Davis and then LeBron James when he got some of those dunks coronation party. And once he hit that the second three and then the uh, he got the put back dunk and he got the 50. Like it was really a show, um, Pete. And so that's the part of it that I kind of enjoyed that it was already to a certain level. Like he had already he was already at 40. Uh, but then he came in and he got when you get to the 50 and that gives all those fans a kind of a special experience that they got to watch in person. Man, I've been saying this at work for a minute, but last season was so frustrating and it was so full of self-inflicted wounds and that this fan base is ready to explode. There was a, a thing at, at uh, the arena at home recently where they were showing different people chugging beer and this one lady grabbed her prosthetic leg and filled it and chugged it out of her prosthetic leg. And that to me, that's the freaking energy for this season, man. Like those DC fans were killing it. Laker fans travel to every single place. I expect the same thing in Cleveland. And but there's a slingshot effect to all of this that AD is at like the the very base of it, Darius. Like he's that he's the atlas that our world is being, you know, he's carrying us on his shoulders. And I'm so struck watching him that he um makes really difficult things look so easy. Like, I, I, I don't know, D, I, like I, I'm speechless. Some of the shots that he made, the, the buzzer beater going into the second quarter in Milwaukee, come on, man. He caught that on the run, moving to his right, step back right along the baseline, just easy money, one-footed little dirk shot from like 20 feet. Like, you know how hard that shot is? And then defensively, he's the guy that, 
that allows you to play a zillion guards because he just does everything in the middle. When when Darvin was talking about AD being the key at the beginning of the season, and we didn't know what his plans were, but he knew what his plans were. My goodness, like, was he correct? But he's capable of it, man. And he is that master key, that key that unlocks all doors when he's like this. Yeah, in the run to the championship um, in 2020 during the bubble, um, I made a reference to the key maker, like in the Matrix, right? which is the guy where it's just like he just pulls out a key in the and he unlocks every door. Right. And it doesn't. And he can then transport you to wherever you want to go based off the fact that like he's just that dude. And that season, both LeBron and AD were key makers. They both did whatever they wanted. And right now, AD is on one of those special runs. Mike, he is the thing that is that he's doing of late the last, I don't want, I don't know, three or four games is he's no longer outletting. Right. And, and so he is grabbing Darvin's and going. been talking about this. Yep. Yep. So he's been grabbing and going off of the defensive glass. So AD leads the league in rebounds. He leads the league in defensive rebounds as well. It's another feather in the cap of the DPOY push, right? Like you, you, you don't finish defensive possessions without the ball. And AD is doing that more than any other player in the league in terms of rebounds per game and defensive rebounds per game. But he's not outletting. Oh, Russell Westbrook, you're in the game, right? Dennis Schroeder, you're in the game. I, I got it. Go fill a lane. And he is then just bringing the ball up methodically, right? With a little bit of pace, but methodically, Mike. And he is just breaking dudes down. And against the Wizards, it was just like, oh, little right to left crossover, top of the key. Oh, sorry, Danny Advia. You're getting a shoulder right in your chest and I'm knocking you backwards four steps and I'm drawing in and and one foul. Sorry, Kristaps Porzingis. Doesn't matter. I'm just going to shoot this little floater runner like right over the top of you and one. Doesn't matter. And he's got... He's got so many shots, and this speaks to your point that, or the point that Pete was making, that he he has so many little runners and leaners and one legged shots, and his touch around the basket is so good that all of these shots just are just going in, Mike, and he's doing it from all kinds of different angles, and he's like, okay, if it's going to be hard for me to get the ball in the post, sometimes, well, too bad. I'm just gonna grab it off the defensive glass and keep it myself and do whatever I want. And, and and so that's the part of his game where that's another step up that wasn't there two weeks ago. He wasn't doing this two weeks ago, but now he's added this, this part too. And it's how he can get up 20 or 25 shots in, in a, in a game because he's not being as um, dependent on others to get him the ball. Well, a couple of things. So the first thing, AD is now, he's played almost every game this season. And he's had a run that's allowed him to find a rhythm, which is the first time that he's really been able to do that since the bubble. And he didn't have any major injuries these last couple of years, but he had frequent minor injuries that just kept interrupting his season. Like, remember last year when he kicked in Bede's ass and then he got hurt like that mm -hmm. next day? And Such then he finally comes season. back and he's kicking Utah's ass and he's kicking Gobert's ass and he's starting to build something. And then he lands on his ankle, you know, and by the time he gets back again, then that's out of rhythm. And then LeBron's playing the five and it, it did the same thing happened the previous year where he was in a nice rhythm coming out of the bubble, like early that season. And then he gets hurt for the first time. The Lakers go into the tank. He comes back. 
they start building some rhythm. So it's been a very uneven stretch for him. And, and I think that we, in analyzing him, and you know, I'd say probably us a little bit less harsh than others on this podcast, which which makes sense because we you know we do watch it closely. But from afar, you're you're out you're looking at the Lakers and think, oh, well, hold on, what? Why is Anthony Davis not being Anthony Davis? I saw him in the bubble. He's All NBA first team. Where's Anthony Davis? And and what are the reasons why? And this is the biggest reason why. It's it's that he's he's been on the court enough to get into the, the best game shape that he's been in and to find a rhythm. So that's one thing. And guess what's related to that? His shot. It's hard to have a rhythm yep. as a shooter, especially as a big, um, when when you're not always going to get 10 to 15 jump shots a game to just be expected to make, you know, three or four out of the six that you might get, um, which is what last year. And so when he's missing jump shots last year, and it's this is threes, this or same thing with the free throw line. And people are like, what happened to AD's shot? And then... I think the detractors might say, oh, well, it was the bubble. It's because it was the bubble and it was unique and, you know, <laughs> there was no crowd and all of these things. Like basically not giving him credit for just hitting shots in the bubble more than any other big was hitting shots in the bubble. So mm-hmm. he's always been able to shoot his shot. His I, th- I think even last year still looked good in terms of the form at times. It just wasn't all there in terms of the rhythm. And so it's uh, that's a, a longer version Pete um, of it but I I think that there's been some there's been some critique of AD that's gone too far these last couple of years and a lot of it I do think has had to do with the just the simple not able to build the type of rhythm that he is clearly can have when he gets consistent health his answers to questions in press conferences have struck me from the beginning of the preseason just in their basketball truthiness um, even when he was talking about adjusting to the Lakers center field, field coverage, the pick and roll coverage that Darvin Ham runs. And it's a little bit different than what Vogel runs. And what people I don't think understand about AD is that he has basketball genius as well. We always talk about the basketball genius of LeBron James, but Anthony Davis has that too. And he understands kind of what you're supposed to do. He does this thing that I, I would love to find out the answer to. He almost never contests shots with his left hand. There was a play where he was turned completely hip to hip to Porzingis and it like he ended up forcing like it's successful often enough to where it's like he's doing that for a reason, but it's wrong, quote unquote. But I say all of that to say that his emphasis on rhythm over the course of those answers really, I think, plays into the just nature of him as a player. D. He's he moves like water. He's a very fluid player. And when he's at his best He's simply reacting to whatever the defense is doing, and he has the tool in his bag at an elite level to be able to capitalize on it. But I feel like he has to catch that rhythm, whether it's in his individual game, of which health is a huge factor, like Mike was saying, but also just like getting the shots up. And also the system's different. Like there's more spacing, there's more guards, there's more room for him to operate. And part of getting a rhythm is getting a dunk, right? Let's get a couple buckets around the rim. And all of a sudden my 16 footer looks really nice. And so all of it, I think, ties together the the help that Mike was talking about, the system, the just getting shots up and repetition and the ability to do it over and over and over game after game without a break. I think all of it's kind of coalescing at once. The game looks slow for him. And there was a point in time last season and the season before, but especially last season, Mike, where I thought AD just looked slow. 
Like AD looks slow. Yeah, there is. Were you watching the Lakers broadcast tonight? Yeah. Yes. So did, yes. so you did you hear Fish ask him the question and the walk off that they did from the studio? No, oh, I I went into yes, I went into recap this is mode important. too, Mike. I went into they, recap so, mode too, but please. Got you. So no, just so just to set you up because basically Fish said the same thing that you said. Um he just he was like AD you look like the game slowed down for you and he gave it some context, you know, about and as a player obviously he saw that happen a lot for guys like Kobe, but Fit, like that was his point essentially um and so i wanted to just layer that into what you were saying because it's that's it's clear right that he's maybe not clear to everybody but clear to you and fish like watching at that level that oh this dude's just playing so under control and so smooth and it's not forcing anything and it's just and it's still he's still able to play like that the lefty point guards mike we're seeing the same thing this time me and d fish one of the things i was struck by because when Pete was talking about he's been um, really dialed into AD's postgame availabilities, right? And and like the truthiness of it all. The thing that stood out to me about his postgame is the same thing that I've noticed about his game on the court is that there is a calmness to him and there is a knowing, there's, there's a knowing to what he's saying. There is, so Pete, Pete, when you talk about like there's a truthiness to it, it's easy to sound calm and right when you are speaking the truth, right? There's no yeah. pointing fingers. There's no like, oh, well, it's this guy's fault and now I'm getting animated and angry about it. It's simply pointing out, yeah, you know, well, certain parts of the game you got to slow down and <laughs> we didn't do that well enough this game. And so can't take, you know. First and third quarter shots in the fourth quarter and just right. And there is a natural sort of like, hey, it, yep. One fact after another. Yep. Right. And, and so when I see him on the court, Mike, what I'm seeing as well is just a guy who understands what the game is and his place in it and how he's going to get to the things that he's able to do. And in the big picture, no one's going to be able to stop him. Like, so. One of the things that we mentioned maybe two or three pods ago was Anthony Davis's passing. And maybe it was a week ago. But AD, one of the ways that you notice that the game is slowing down for someone is watch how they respond to pressure. Yeah. And so there are certain players like uh, a LeBron or a Luka or a Magic or even a Kobe. It's just like those dudes, they don't feel the double team. Jokic is like this too. The double team is on yeah. them and it's just like, you might as well not even be there. They fend you off. They just put the ball in a certain place and they're just yep. like, ah, whatever. I'm just going to pass to whoever's open. Well, that's why it's it's like historically like, you don't love double LeBron. You don't double Jokic, right? Because that's exactly what's going to happen. And so Mike, growing up a Lakers fan and watching Shaq's prime and watching him play against Tim Duncan during Tim Tim Duncan's prime, there was a stretch there where neither Shaq nor Tim Duncan were very good at handling double teams. And they were higher turn turnover players. And then around year seven, year eight, year nine, it was like you could never mm. double team them ever again because oh, basically they just yep. They just got so good at understanding the game, understanding where their teammates were going to be and understanding what their own individual strengths were. When you watch Anthony Davis pass this season, particularly out of double teams, he is he is getting closer and closer to that player where it's just like he's not feeling the pressure as much. Yeah. Go back and watch the game against the Raptors like two seasons ago, Mike, where like Nick Nurse was just swarmed him. 
And like, like, no, bro, you're not getting not not only are you not getting a shot, but we're going to maybe force some turnovers out out of you. We're going to confuse you. And this season, not a lot of teams have tried to double AD, but when they've double teamed him, he's hit the cutter. He's thrown cross-court skip passes for for open shots, and he is beating teams based off the fact that his processing speed is just faster. While the and so that makes the game look slower. And he's doing it on offense with his scoring. He's doing it on offense with his passing. And honestly, he's always done this defensively. Defensively, he is the dude that's just like, oh, yeah. block shot, block shot, keeping the ball in play. And then the next time that you challenge him, he acts like he's going to block it. And then when you try to throw it around him, he gets a deflection and then he steals it. And it's just like, Unbelievable. like he's one step ahead of you. And so it's like his offense in its own way is catching up with his defense, even though he's always been like an elite scorer in in his own right. It's just Watching him grow this season has just been amazing for a player that was already this good. So just to contextualize the run that he's been on, and it's basically been the last 10 games. Um, He had had some other games before that, but it coincided with LeBron, as I mentioned earlier, going out. So it's it's now with tonight's averages included. It's 35.3 points on 64.8% from the field, 45% from three. Uh, what is the three-point attempts? It's lower, but it's a 1.2. So he hasn't been taking many, but he's been hitting the ones that he's been taking. 88% from the free throw line, which is huge. Mm. And yes. in terms of volume, that's on a high volume. It's on 10 attempts a game, which is basically best in the league um, you know, area. That's right up there with Giannis, who probably takes a little bit more than that. And then 15.6 rebounds, 3.9 offensive, 2.9 blocks, 1.2 steals, plus 10.6 net rating. And the minutes, guys, for those type of numbers are low, like 34.6 is the minutes number. And so to get that kind of production, that's typically more like a 38, 39. And remember last year and the year before, he and LeBron were basically playing 38, 39 for a lot of those early season type games and were nowhere near as productive. And, you know, Pete, you just spoke to this earlier, but part of that. I do think you give the coaching staff some credit for part of the spots that that they're kind of utilizing him in. And even maybe like sometimes Darius and I are texting each other and like, could they put AD in a little sooner here? But I don't know, maybe like whatever's whatever this is and the rhythm that it is and maybe not stretching him and keeping his legs to some degree. Uh, this is this is as good of a 10 game stretch as you'll see from basically any player for any 10 game stretch. It's it's really and remember when we were in the hole, I was I was saying like this is the type of hole that you need a superstar to get you out of. Boy, like what an incredible run of games. And it's funny, that's the Lakers 75th season. That's what we're celebrating this year. And we had a lot of conversations over the course of the summer and might have been in our in our department um, and uh, talking about it and doing the research on Wilt. Wilt was always a guy where it was like, man, I wish I got to see Wilt. And I know, like, different caliber of player and all of that. Man, you you watch Wilt Chamberlain footage even now, and it's like, man, oh, man, a guy that can move like that, a guy that can – that was the the combination of everything the way that a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. And this is the fully realized version of Anthony Davis. And for a number of reasons – for a number of reasons, we haven't seen that much over the last couple of years. And so when – we talk about the Lakers having a pair of dragons. There are a, a big part of basketball D is and high level basketball is like, well, yeah, but we have that guy, 
you know, like we love getting into the details and all of that and, and into the details of his dominance. But like in some ways, the game is very simple. You got that guy on your team. You can play some really high level basketball. You can beat a Milwaukee on the road. Well, this is what Mike was saying. And and Mike, I'd love to get your perspective on this one last time before we wrap. But it's just like the other players on the team seem to sense that. And they are like feeding him and they are just like, oh, we're going not only do we know that we got this guy, but we're like pumping him up. Right. We're like, oh, we're getting him the ball even more now. Like we're trying to like facilitate the monster and we're going to grow the monster even more because like not only do we got that dude, but we're like injecting him with all the stuff like, oh, we're going to make him the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of times just in my laker coverage i've seen this and like the the first kind of like when i came in the first year and was watching from afar this is how kobe i think felt when pat when they traded for pow you know it was sort of like oh now like now this isn't this is enough you know for me so now i can really raise my game to go up alongside this and then i obviously i watched and covered that whole season and and heard how kobe felt about pow um in that whole moment and i think that that's how lebron felt when they traded for Anthony Davis and he mm-hmm. walked in the door and LeBron who had an idea that it was going to be like, a, but LeBron was like, yeah, that, this is going to work. I can rock with this guy. And, yep. and then the last couple of seasons for many different reasons that we've spent many hours on the podcast going over and over and over that equation hasn't quite been there in the same way, because you do need a certain amount of other sort of neutral controlled things and, and at minimum type value things uh, to be there and injuries, so, of course, as is, is the biggest thing. And that's been the biggest thing for AD. But guys are sensing it. And it's just a. It's like a where there's no real uh, reason to think that other than the knock on wood, like the disruption of some type of injury. This has not been fake uh, in terms of the players that AD has gone against, like the Spurs. Mm-hmm. That was not a real good team. Right. But like the Bucks, I think, was kind of the test. And then to be able to back up the Bucks going against the Wizards, who are not playing well right now at all. But Porzingis was kind of a, a weird, like a different mm-hmm. long kind of guy that AD did take about three minutes to adjust to. And then he was yep. like, nope, I got this guy, too. And unbelievable because you know, he's he's got all the stuff, whoever the matchup is. We've seen him do it against everybody um, so far. And, and so now it's all right. Cleveland. Cleveland Stern, Jared Allen has not been playing the last couple. In fact, I was going to check if he played in their last game. Um, I'll do that while while I'm typing here. But it, it, if it becomes then Evan Mobley and essentially Robin Lopez, right? Those are good players. Okay, so the last time that Allen played was the 25th. Yeah, so he's been out for the last several games. Um, you know, this is this is another team. Just and then even Pete, even the teams that have have a guy. Well, I guess there's not going to be one that has more than Giannis and Brooke Lopez. So he's, Amen. that's how AD feels, I think, right now. Yeah. I mean, it's how he's playing too. It's his play is earning that, that rebound that you're talking about, D. While watching that live, I was certain Giannis was going to get that rebound. And Anthony Davis soared into a space that only him and Giannis and like very few people on the planet can get to. And so there's basketball truth in the play at the end of the day, right? Like the the press conferences is the way that it's framed and, and narrated. And I've thought that Anthony Davis has accurately recounted what's happened in a number of the games. And that you you guys have spoken to that well. But there's also basketball truth in the 
this guy was great, but this guy was a little bit better. And if that guy, if we have that guy for the rest of the year, just the implications that that has on the rest of the roster, on the rest of the season, on our trade hopes uh, and and our our trade scenarios, that's something that all of it, um, it, it's an equation changer. No, Pete, and just to close on this, it's the idea, the idea has already been born. It's not like, oh, if we have this guy, like they've seen it. He's been here for 10 games, yeah. No, I'm just saying they have that player. And so Mm -hmm. every decision now can be framed within the context of, oh, well, we've got that dude. And it's how the, and it's, and it speaks to how the players have been acting, like, like, well, like Mike was saying, it speaks to the general level of confidence that a guy like LeBron has or Darvin Ham has or just it all fits together. And so that dude is here and he's Anthony Davis and look at him go and a weekend Mike of 99 points and 27 rebounds and six block shots and how many other altered ones and a gazillion trips to the foul line and just everything that he's doing he was that dude over this weekend and it truly was a spectacle to watch him do it and the lakers have now won three games in a row in eight of their last 10 and watch out a little bit right just like like it's in the air a little bit and, <laughs> and my, I, I don't want to say it too loudly but it's it's just like you see it lurking with these guys Interesting times in Lakerland. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss more of it here. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic got it. Magic fires again. And the Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Bad next to the winner. It's on the way. A lot of Laker fans well, sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two, one. Listen. Brian. Unbelievable. For the victory. It's over. Shot clock now to five. Brian. Yes. And that was a little tough to Albert Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.